increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Hey everybody, it's Bill and Kenny. Welcome back to STRonomics. Kenny's over here chatting about ChatGPT, ironically. What'd you say, Kenny? You put the, the name of our podcast in there? No, I wanted like to get ideas. You know, like sometimes you get ideas from it. And so I took I took our description of our um, podcast and I put it in there and I said, generate like, you know, five ideas. And so it did. And this is one of them we're going to use. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah, this is a really good idea. It is amazing how awesome chat GP, how the all these AI things are. I mean, you look at video generators and images. Yeah. I mean, you've got AI for everything on the web now. It's unbelievable. But Eventually, there will probably be a STR pricing GPT, you know, so we're going to talk about advanced pricing strategies today. And, you know, as, as you were bringing up before we started, there's a lot of different avenues. There's supply and demand, there's manual pricing, there's like my 321 methodology that I'm using. There's, there's a million different ways to price. Where do you want to start? Well, let's talk about your 321 strategy. Okay. So 321 is just something that I've implemented. I actually use it a lot normally in non-peak seasons, but it, really I've had to get away with that with properties that are not like ultra peak high performers if I've had to do, you know, two night minimums on the weekends, but I implemented a lot at the beach going into ultra peak season just for properties that were not doing seven night minimums, your traditional Saturday to Saturdays, mm -hmm. I went to 321. So I increased the pricing for three nights and two nights to offset the reduction in minimum nights and the increase in cleaning costs and wear and tear. Even though people look at cleaning costs as a pass-through, it is not, just FYI. I don't care how Kenny or SDR Insights or AirDNA or whoever reports revenue. If you own any business, you calculate your gross revenue as a top line item and then cleaning, whether they're cleaning your office, your coffee shop, your restaurant, you know, cleaning your, your plumbing vehicles, that's an expense. So I look at it the exact same way. So I'm offsetting the increase in revenue to cover the additional cleaning costs. And with some of the properties, the lowest performers, I'm trying to break even. With those medium performers, so ultra high peak, properties that are performing well but aren't high demand, and then the lowest performers, I'm trying to break even on what I did last year and offset cleaning costs. I'm trying to increase profit in the middle. And actually, I've got 11 beach properties and 10 of 11 are on the 321. So it's about a, a between, depending on cleaning costs, a 26 to 38% increase on the three nights, excuse me, an 18 to 25% increase on the three nights and a 30 to 38% on the two nights. And then the one night I'm running between 55 to 65% higher. I am not booking the one nights. The one night is, and I'll start right there. The one night is the anchor to be able to upsell into an early check-in or into a late checkout on both sides. So since those dates are selling out during the summer, it gives me two opportunities to be able to sell that open date. And when that one night is $1,700, it's really easy to say, hey, Kenny, you know, you're paying, you know, $1,200 a night right now for, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so I've got Wednesday night pricing increased by 50 to 60%. How about if I give this to you at 750 bucks? And then so you don't, 
It's not moving you from 4 p.m. to 2 p.m., Kenny. You can actually get here the night before if you want to drive in after work. Arrive at 9 o'clock, go take a, you know, stick your toes in the sand, have a glass of wine, take a late night dip in the pool. You know, enjoy the property for a whole nother day at 50% off. Yeah. It's all about the positioning. It's the same thing when people want to stay late, if they're, especially if you're in a drive-in market. So if they're driving, they pay, basically have the freedom to leave whenever they want. They don't have to depart to get to a flight. So having the double opportunity to be able to sell on both sides is a huge deal. So what I've seen this summer is a lot of properties were not booking leading up to about the middle of March, right, right at the heart of spring break on seven night minimum. So that's when I started switching them incrementally to the three, two, one and every single property, except for like my dragonfly property is on a three, two, one. It's the only one. And literally I've been doing seven nights, Saturday to Saturday in that market, not just during COVID since 2015 for every property between Memorial day to labor day, just not happening. The demand's not high enough down there. I've even got a six, four new beachfront property in West beach, right? A block away from my dragonfly property. And I had to move. I thought I could do Saturday to Saturday for that. And I had to move that to three, two, one as well. So that's a co-hosted property. And that's a whole nother thing. I had to sell the three, two, one to my co-hosting clients. So I had to run the numbers and create a spreadsheet to show them if I did this and also let them know we won't sell out every single night. Cause that's a hard thing. When you look at 1200 to $2,500 a night, if somebody sees a date there and I've got one Saturday, I think it's a second Saturday in June on a property that's $2,200 a night and it's sitting there open. I've offered it to both sides and have not been able to sell it. The owner won't love that if they see $2,200 on Airbnb and Verbo sitting there and it goes unsold. So you gotta show them the overarching strategy with numbers, specifically if you're doing a co-hosting or a management style and they're used to Saturday to Saturday to get them to be on board with it. So it sounds like ideally you'd prefer to do seven night minimums if it would be booked. But if not, then you move to this three, two, one. So at what point do you say, hey, the man's not there. Let's move to the three, two, one. Um, I did it in mid-March. So I, I just, I look at historicals, right? I look at the dates that I have year over year. I look at, go back and look at lead times of some of the things that we track, right? That most people don't track is what's your average lead time. I go back and look at past reservations, see when those dates are booked. A lot of that's just the benefit of being a marketer to know the data that I need to have. Cause I'm not a data nerd like you. But a lot of people don't track any of that type of stuff. And it really kind of, the first time I started, that was probably in 2018, when I really took over and started getting into self-managing and doing all that stuff. So the first few years, I was like everybody else, have a property manager do it, you know, maybe dabble and do some extra bookings and some marketing. But it was really 2018 when I really dove in and started doing that stuff and started tracking. And it's helped tremendously, Kenny, because my first property was in Fort Morgan, Alabama, that beach house, right? that I built my case study off of. I mean, I literally have two properties in that same subdivision that I co-host. I own another one, you know, down the street. I manage three more down the street. We've got the Duffleys that are down there with a couple of properties, you know, in the mastermind. So having that experience, you know, helps. But here's the deal. Just just because I move one or two properties to a 321 doesn't mean I'm doing it for all of them. So I had to kind of set that barometer of really, I should say the benchmark of when the dates that I'm going to move it and what the performance level needs to be. And for me, it was really about 50 to 55% booked by that time. And it was going to be by April 1st. So I had one like my little dragonfly property, which is a 3-2 beach front, but it doesn't have the kayaks that we've talked about, you know, to move the needle. It doesn't have a hot tub. 
doesn't have all those other amenities. It's basically a $700, you know, Home Depot gas fire pit on the deck, outdoor dining, and beach gear are really the three amenities that could possibly even have any impact on revenue. That's it. So it's the beach. It's the location. It's that proximity. And it just wasn't moving the needle, even though it is very well designed. Bria designed it. And that was the first one that I moved because I was at like 21% occupancy on March 1st. And that's when I did it. 21 occupancy Memorial Day through Labor Day. Last year, I was sold out by May 1st across the board, right? So that's what I see dropping down. The other thing about the increase in trying to take those middle. So that property, I just wanted to get booked. I look at a couple of other properties that are in that middle. I've got to make up for January and February. They were abysmal down on the, on the Gulf and in the beach, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I raise those prices a little bit more. And I'm still doing the same thing that I always do, manually raising my pricing as I start getting above that 70 to 75% occupancy. So even if I'm on that three, two, one, and I've raised, you know, 30%, if I'm getting down to like in that last 15 to 20% of occupancy, specifically weekends that I know absolutely are going to book in June and July in the first week of August, those are going up, up, and up. So shorter days, much easier for somebody to spend $2,200 a night when they spent $1,800 a night last year if they only have to stay three days versus five when they're looking to stay for three. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So I think a lot of people don't understand too that the more flexible you are the lower night stay, how that actually impacts your one, the rankings and the algorithm, but also, you know, the conversion standpoint, because one thing that people hate about seven nights is most of them have to stretch. A lot of them may not be able to come until a Saturday and they might need to leave on a Thursday or Friday to get home, whatever that is. People don't like paying for stuff they don't use. They end up having resentment. Like I can't pay for that. We're not going to use it. Right. So I think that gives a little bit more flexibility and helps increase the conversion rates as well. That makes sense. You're doing all this in uh, owner res or price labs or how are you doing? I, this? So you it's funny, how? everybody, a lot of people ask that question. I don't know how you have yours set up, but I have price labs set up to override owner res and my pricing and nightly minimums and everything. So that's the tool that I use as price labs to manage everything. So I'm basically setting up seasons. You know, I, I so I, I go in and I do the customization. So I'm setting up a season from Memorial Day through Labor Day. And then I'm going down to, you know, setting rates on a percentage increase based on weekends, which I mark Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I'll save that. Then I'll go back in and I'll do the same date range and just set up different increase, you know, for Sunday through Wednesday. The thing that becomes challenging because you never know when that one night minimum is going to happen is that becomes a manual process. Mm -hmm. So anytime I get that gap, I really have to go in and then manually target that date and then adjust that rev- the percentage up uh, by that 55, 65%. I wish I could automate that, but it may be able to be done. I haven't figured that part out yet. Are you looking at pricing of your competitors? 100%. And I'm also looking at occupancy. So for the first time really ever now, and probably just since the end of February, once I came out of ski season in North Carolina, for the first time ever, I'm focusing on occupancy. For the first time ever, I'm actually discounting, you know, last minute bookings um, at certain properties. Because, and, and right now, I won't do that during the summer. I think demand's going to be high enough for the majority of our properties where I don't have to give a 5, 10, 15, 25% discount. Now, if I have something like three days left, you know, I'll probably do a 20 or 25% discount. I mean, I think I actually might have like 25% set up if, they, if I have something available for them to book. I don't think I will by that time, but I'm doing it now. I'm doing it in April. 
I'm doing it in May right now, and I'm actually doing it in September, October, November of this fall because I'm starting to get bookings for prime dates, you know, in those weekends. Because as you know, in the mastermind, I'd always shot for about 65% occupancy. And when I push 70, that's telling me that my pricing's too low across the board. So it's always been about uber high pricing, pun intended, and l much lower occupancy rates. But when I open up my Airbnb app and I see 39, 40% occupancy, I've got to be way more occupancy efficient, yeah. right? So I'm not going to pull my drawers down and go from $900 a night. And just so everybody knows, my average ADR, I just saw this for Airbnb in my app, is $989 a night, is portfolio-wide. I'm not going to drop that down to 200 bucks a night unless I absolutely have to. But I can tell you, I co-host a property right now, and this is a prime example. It's it's on Beach Mountain. It's ski in, ski out. It sleeps 20, five bedrooms. It's the, it's the most primo location on that mountain. Like, you can literally, it's 30 yards to lift number one. You can walk down to, uh, you know, the, the brewery and the ski shop and everything else. It's probably 75 yards to walk. It is so primo. 22, 23, $2,400 a night, you know, on, on the weekends, prime ski season. Right now, today, you can book that house for $267 a night. Yeah. That is effing crazy to me. That is, And this is the thing about never even dreamed of having to do that during COVID. For those of you that got into this after probably April of 2020 have never had to do this before. Now we do, right? Because every day that goes by that our property sits vacant is opportunity lost. It's revenue lost. We literally cannot replace it. It's like that day goes away. Kenny knows this from working at a bank. That's a sunk cost. It's gone. We can never recapture that. That's And for me, that sunk profit that's gone. Sure, I can make up for January and February on a 3-2-1 strategy during the summer, but I cannot recover. Like my number one property, Dragonfly Kenny, if you've seen this on our Mastermind Benchmarks, down $32,000 over those two months, wow. over 2022. 32K, not percent. $32,000 in cash money. I can make up for it, but I can't replace what I lost. Yeah. And I think it's important to everyone listening who has properties. When was the last time you checked out your competition? You know, a lot of people are so focused on like, oh, I'm not getting bookings. What do I need to do to change, you know, my description, title, pictures, you know, even my pricing. But in reality, like, you know, supply has gone up in every market. What is your competition doing? What what are they, you know, I was amazed at uh, some of my properties. I put in arcade machines last year. Nobody had that. Nobody was thinking like that. This year, I see one or two properties with them now. And I'm like, mm-hmm, they saw what I did. And they, they put that in there, you know? And is that a big revenue driver for me? No, not really, but it definitely added and probably gave me the edge last year and a few things. And it's just going to be the same thing is, are we constantly tracking our competition? Because this isn't a set it and forget it business. I noticed too, my, hey, wow, I'm not getting booked out as far as what I had expected. What's going on? Well, everybody else had dropped their prices and you know it was at a different level. And so I needed to adjust my prices accordingly. My pricing strategy, I mean, it's kind of simple as I just look at what the competition does and I try to either match you know, the best performer or be a little bit higher. Uh, and then the less popular dates all go down to about the average so I can get them booked. But I like to be a little bit higher occupancy. Because like you said, I mean, the, day, the night that's not booked is not, you know, not booked. And I've seen a decrease in demand, 
you know, not necessarily uh, just how far out people are booking. So I can't necessarily rely on the fact that, hey, if I keep my prices really high, somebody's going to book that last minute. I don't necessarily trust that feeling or that, you know, um, certain dates, sure, like July 4th. But other than that, I mean, it's just like you need to price accordingly and keep an eye on your competition at the same time. So we're we're adding a hot tub in our one of our properties. And the reason why is because nobody else has a hot tub. And I think, and I looked at some of the data from the surrounding area and mm-hmm. it suggests you should add a hot tub. So I'm going to be doing that this year and, and hopefully that'll help maximize some of our fall bookings as well. So 93 day lead time at this time last year for my portfolio, 62 days right now. Woo. That's a drop. 93. <laughs> that's a 31 day yeah. drop. That's funny. from last year to this year. Yeah. Cray cray. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yes, I kind of seem similar and that's about a, that's a little, a third, 33%. 30% drop. I feel like I've seen that same drop in my uh, my other markets as well. So, right. Yeah. So, definitely do that. But cool. Enemy, enemy method your pricing. Be realistic about the true value of your property and look at historicals. And if you're dropping off and there's less demand, you need to make changes. Check out your competition. 100%. More pricing for amenities for everything. I, th- I think that's just a, Hey, you need to do that today kind of thing. So agreed a hundred percent. Is that it? Is that a wrap? I think that's it. I, I feel like, you know, you take it any further, it gets a little crazier. So <laughs> agreed. Awesome. Well, with that being said, thank you, my friend. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you guys being here. Hopefully that helps you. And it just, it's not just the summer bookings. It's all the bookings. Happy hosting. And by the way, leave us a review. That'll really mean the world to us. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.